Hoyle Show. We are on the air. We are here in Sturgis, South Dakota. Happy Hoyle Campground. Full throttle off in the distance. A lot of activity today and really all throughout the rest of the week. We're on the air out, air out here again tomorrow and then off on Thursday and Friday. But uh, it's busy out here. Big time busy out here. Roquan Smith of the Chicago Bears put out a statement basically saying, look, I love the Bears. I love everything about this place. But uh, they're not dealing with me in good faith. And they keep giving me take it or leave it deals. So I'm going to leave it. And I want out. So I mean, he's requesting a trade. And he was very honest about it. So, Ben, when you read, did you read all of that? Did you read the statement, by the way? Yeah. Did you appreciate it? I mean, yeah, I did. It's I. It's one of those situations where they're a horribly run franchise, at least at this point. They're not helping their quarterback. I I tend to take his side because we've seen the history, right, of, of how right. their front office has managed the team. So I appreciated that he put it out there because usually if you just see a player wants a trade, it could be so many different things. So him at least going slightly directly through Ian Rappaport to the people, I liked. I like the fact that he put it out himself. Uh, now, I don't know if he wrote it, uh, but if you know, if you've ever met Roquan Smith and talked to him and listened to him, he's actually a pretty smart guy. This sounds like something he, this sounds like there's feeling in it. Not just a PR statement. I mean, I could be wrong, who knows? But it sounds like he's, you know, he's putting his heart and soul into this thing saying, hey, look, I hope you understand this, but I don't want to be here. They don't want to talk to me. Uh, they're not dealing with me. I, I'm at my wit's end, so I'm just requesting a trade. I think you deserve an explanation as to why. I, I think it's a brilliant move. It's very genuine. It's very honest. Um, obviously, we take a little bit of a smile to it because it affects the Bears in a very negative light. And anytime that happens, we we tend to enjoy it as Packers fans. But uh, but yeah, I think um, to say I wanted to be a Bear for my entire career, and to say uh, you know I haven't had a chance to talk to the McCaskey family, maybe they can salvage this. That's kind of a backhanded plea to say, hey, if you want to keep me around, maybe you should come down out of the ivory tower and make this happen. But beyond that. You know, no, it's it's pretty much a done deal. Where Roquan Smith just doesn't want to be there anymore. So they don't have uh, they don't have harmony right now, if you will, down in Chicago, and they're still trying to the piece North together. And give it back. There you go. I don't know how they're going to do it, but okay, take that North, take it. Maybe just the word the North, but beyond that, I don't think you're going to win the division anytime soon. Uh, and uh, we already stated that uh, the argument was to be made. They ranked the offensive line of the Chicago Bears 32nd. And when the question popped up that said, why did you rank them 32nd? You know, what, what put them down there so far? Uh, and the answer was, well, because there's only 32 teams and we couldn't make them 33rd, which also made me smile a little bit. But Roquan Smith demanding a trade uh, from the Chicago Bears. Uh, I had a question here. <coughs> Excuse me. More of a statement, actually, from Casey. He said, the Big Ten loaded in overhype. They are still light years behind the SEC. Uh, they're better than the other conferences, so it's not terrible, but I'm sick of the Big Ten. Uh, so good as they hit competition, they get to destroyed. Uh, or they're so good, and then they hit competition, and then they get destroyed. Earn it, then pat yourself on the back. First of all, 
Um, they're only patting themselves on the back, not because they won anything, but because they're getting paid. So there's a difference. Nobody's claiming that they're the champions. What they're claiming is is that we've got $1.25 billion, and they have the right to do that. But secondly, when you look at the history, uh, the SEC is a, it's a really staunch conference. So is the Big Ten. But both conferences are loaded at the top. You know, if you take away Ohio State, you take away Alabama, things really begin to kind of even out. So you can say as much as you want about SEC and Big Ten and start to argue on both sides, but in the grand scheme of things, when you look at this, the SEC holds an 89-62-2 advantage against the Big Ten. Now, in bowl games, the SEC 51-30. and The two most high-profile games the conferences have played were back 2006-2007, really, in the national championship game. Ohio State uh, took back-to-back blowout losses, Florida State and FSU. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, when you start to look at the SEC and the Big Ten, they, they've, you know, the SEC has been dominated because of Alabama and Nick Saban, and rightfully so. It's a hell of a program, man. A hell of a program. And the Ohio, Ohio State has bolstered and buoyed the, the Big Ten for a long period of time. But you remove those two teams, and things become quite even. So to, to kind of, in a backhanded way, say that, nah, you're the Big Ten's really not there, no. You're only as good as how deep you are. Remember that. It's not just about the team that wins at the top. It's about the teams that win all the way through the base and the bottom. And uh, they've been pretty good in that sense. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up. This is, uh, John says, as much butt kissing that the GM in Chicago has gotten, he's been having a miserable start. Upstart staff and players, questionable moves, clearly a lack of trust in the field as well. Butt kissing from the media. I think what they're doing is is they're giving them a great. You can't argue results because you don't have any. They had a, a an off season, if you will, the, uh, the Bears did, of police blotter stuff. They had an off season of guys that are not content with being there. They've had an off season obviously of change, installing a new regime. You're going to that that's going to happen. I don't knock them for that. I really don't. I don't I don't knock the Bears because they're going through change. It takes a while to make change happen and to instill all of that. When the results begin to become critical is when you're getting wins and losses and whether or not they're ugly wins and losses. And the reason you're going through wins and losses. If you're going through wins and losses because the, the, the previous regime did not draft enough players, enough help, enough quality guys to make you a good football team, well, that's on them. That's not on you. You can only do so much with what you've got to work with. Okay? But if you've got a team that's losing games because of stupidity, mental ineptness, what have you, well, then you're looking at, you know, from the top down, from the general manager to the head coach to the assistant coaches – the coordinators, then you're looking at more of a, a mental thing, and that falls then on the coaching staff and the front office and all of that, all the above. So I think right now the reason you want to call it bus, butt kissing, if you will, it's more so that the the uh, you don't have the results yet. So all you have to go on is what they've done. It's not necessarily. I mean, this is obviously not a good look for them for what Roquan Roquan Smith wants, to say, I want out. They're not dealing in good faith. They're not talking to me. They don't value me. 
which at some point you're you're expecting management you're going to get some kind of a press conference with the head coach today tomorrow what have you where he's going to have to address that but now you got to wait for the general manager to, to address it as well because the head coach is going to say look i don't get involved in negotiations i know i value roquan smith and that's the pro- positive proper thing to say but the reason they're getting the butt kissing right now is because they don't have results you know uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Darren says, last uh, year the Big Ten and SEC were 3-3 three and three against each other in football. So, not destroyed. There you go. Just an FYI. Uh, since the conference has started, here's the problem. You can go back to when conferences start. Yeah, you can look at that. You can look at the dominance of Bear Bryant. You can look at the dominance of Woody Hayes. You can look at the dominance of Bo Schembechler. You can look at the dominance of Earl Bruce. You can go to Nick Saban. You can look You can look at all the different coaches that have gone through and been top programs. But, again, I don't necessarily look at just the top program. I look at the depth of con- – if you're comparing conferences, otherwise compare teams. Don't be a dumbass. Compare the teams. If you want to say Alabama versus other teams, okay, Nick Saban's been dominant. If you want to look conference to conference, then you then you don't just talk about the championships or about the teams that have won. What you talk about is top to bottom, head to head, what the record is going against one another. The SEC has been more dominant. I'll give you that. But in recent history, it's been more even. Not just the high-profile games, which is what you tend to go to. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But then talk about teams. Don't talk about conferences. You know what I'm saying? 877-867-1670. Hit us up. You feel free to go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. This one's from uh, our buddy Mark. Mark says, uh, hey, Bill, great show. Love the views out there in Sturgis. Kind of a little kind of a little cold here back in Milwaukee. He says, uh, what do you think of the Brewers coming up tonight? Do they come out with, a hair, with hair on fire? Or do you think they come out and lay down and the season continues to be frittered away? That's from Mark listening to us in Milwaukee. Um, I got to think, and this is just me, okay? I got to think, you know, baseball is different because baseball, you're only as good as that day's starting pitcher. Baseball is not an energizing, unless, of course, you're at, at, you know, you're at the plate, okay? And you got one guy, base knock, another guy, base knock, another guy, home run, and all of a sudden it begins to snowball. Okay, you're getting into the head of the opposing pitcher. You know, you can kind of feel tightness. Okay, that that is an energy side of the game. But in baseball, it's an individual sport. Be, until the ball's put in play, then it becomes a team sport. So it's very hard. You know, like basketball, you can go out and go, let's go. And you can start setting hard picks. You can do certain things. You can do physicality stuff. Same thing in football. There's an energy to it, you know where you just start to feel it. You're going to grind on the guy. You're one opponent across from you. You're going to go kick his ass. That's an energy sport. Baseball's not that. Baseball, you can get momentum and things begin to click and you can start to feel it. And when, you, you know, the, it, it's, it's something you cannot grasp onto. It's what, you know, sabermetrics people hate. And when you talk about playing in the zone, you know, you start to feel it. And the ball looks a little bigger. It breaks a little slower. It seems to slow down a little bit. You know, balls tend to hop your way. You know, instead of those things that kind of scoot underneath the tip of your glove, now they hop up. You're getting them. You're being able to throw over to first. You're creating double plays. Defensively, you're making good moves. You're playing smart baseball. It just becomes more fundamental. 
in that sense. So I'm not going to say that you can take your hair on fire energy for baseball. You know what I mean? That's no, that's no. You just hope they get a win. And then when they get a win, you hope that the next day they stack another win on top of that. That's all. You can't, you know, um, baseball's just a different animal. You know, it just is. And I know you can have energy and feel it when teams start to play well, and you can feed off of that a little bit, but for the most part, it's an, it's an individual sport until the ball's put in play, and then, then it becomes the team sport. 877-867-1670. Find us. Love to hear from you. Uh, another one here. This is from Jason. Jason, uh, by the way, Jason listening to us out in Madison and Fitchburg, as a matter of fact. Jason says, uh, hey, Bill, I wanted to ask you about the Big Ten. If they're getting $1.25 um, how much is that going to come down to each team? I, we talked about, well, do the math. If you got 12 teams, it's, uh, you know, $120 million. You know? I... You know, you got 14 teams, you break it down a little bit less, a little bit less for per team. But, you know, I, I don't know what the actual check is going to be. But uh, it's going to be a lot of money. Going to be up around $100 bucks a team. Not a bad way to go. Which is a lot more than a lot of the, 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 the two conferences that are going to be the moneymakers are the SEC and the Big Ten. That's it. And. Uh, now, uh, you know, your follow-up question is, so what What? Uh, what portion of that money then gets put aside for stadium renovation, for academics, and for other things within the UW system? I, I don't know how they allocate that money. Now, first of all, when it comes to the athletic side of things, it goes to the athletic department. That That's not academics. What the academics, as far as I understand, I could be wrong on this. Ben, you correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you've done more on this than I have. But when you get that check cut to you from the Big Ten, that goes back to the athletic department, of which then it's reinvested back in to the all the sports, not just football, but all the sports. So the football is the lion's share, but all the sports benefit, whether it's through facilities, uniforms, travel, whatever it happens to be. Whatever it costs you to run your athletic department, that money gets put back into the athletic department, and then additional money gets set aside for future projects. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, right? Yeah, correct. On travel and, you know, stadium renovation, yeah. all that stuff. So, and then you get to go play games and specialty things like the the game at, you know, American Family Field and floors and courts are going to be built for that and traveling over to France for, you know, European, you know, preseason basketball and such. And all of that then be- begins to trickle in as far as what you can do with your athletic department. I don't think any of that money goes to academia the one thing that you can say regarding at the academics is that um it's the recognition the constant the bombardment of wisconsin ohio state michigan michigan state penn state that people are witnessing so prospective students that are sitting in high school that are sitting in grade school they grow up a badger fan living in texas or they grow up a badger fan right here in the backyard Rather than going to Michigan or Ohio State or someplace else, they want to stay in Wisconsin. So that's it's, it's your it's your prevalence that makes people want to go to those particular schools. The more you see them, the more you witness them, the more you understand them, and that then opens up your mind to 
at least entertain the thought of going to that particular school for whatever it is, you know, your field of study would be. I, that's the way I've always understood it. I, and, again, I, I could be a little bit off on that, but I, I, I think that uh, that's pretty much the way it is. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. We'll be back after Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We are live. We are in Sturgis, South Dakota. We are glad you're with us. And don't forget, if you're riding out here, please ride with us back in Milwaukee on Sunday, September 4th. It's the 15th anniversary of the Poker Run, benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. And uh, we can't do it without you. And every year it's gotten bigger. It's gotten better. Even during COVID, uh, many of you came out in support. Uh, and it's just it's been it's been a great experience. And it's gotten so highly acclaimed by riders. As a matter of fact, we saw some riders out here that uh, we handed some flyers to uh, that are from the West Bend area that said, hey, they're coming down this year. So uh, I've been encouraging people, go to FisherHouseWI.org and the events page, get registered. And we can't do it without our great sponsors, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, which Craig Winger and the whole gang from Wisconsin Harley out here in Sturgis uh, riding around. They were down in uh, Keystone, I think, yesterday. Also, our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. And uh, they have different spins, different plays, five times reward bonus for the Firekeepers Club today. But uh, we can't do it without them. They are providing the dealers for the poker hand at the end of the ride as well. Then our friends at Bud Light, who have been with us all 15 years, MKE Brewing, which is where we uh, begin the ride again this season. So thanks to them for being on board. Also, some of our new ones, and that's our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. They've got a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, they're going to have Leroy Butler's going to be out for an appearance and some pictures, autographs, merchandise sales, Saturday, September 3rd. So if you're going to be coming to our ride, stop at Great Lakes Dragaway the day before in the afternoon. Uh, he'll be there, the, the new Hall of Famer. Congratulations to him. He's going to have the new gold jacket as well. So he's got some other people heading out there. Also have Gilbert Brown coming out on Saturday, September 24th for four hours as well. So uh, a lot of good stuff going on at Great Lakes Dragaway. They're a part of it. Growth Law Firm, our friends from Growth Law, one of the top 20 biker uh, lawyer firms in the country, attorney firms in the country, and uh, they protect uh, bikers' rights and do it tremendously And uh, through bikerjustice.com and or bikerjusticeusa.com, I should say. But uh, thanks to them for being on board as well. Also our friends at Buzzard Billy's, great restaurant out in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And uh, they uh, sent a lot of riders our way from the western portion of the state. We can't say thanks enough to them. And then Andy Kane and the gang from Kane and Kane, K-O-E-H-N, Kane and Kane Jewelers. And you can follow Andy uh, with the Buy Like a Guy segment over on Instagram, Buy Like a Guy. So he teaches you all about how to buy and what to buy and when to buy it and all that kind of good stuff when it comes to jewelry and diamonds and rings for the girls. And so some good stuff there as well. So. Thanks to all of them for coming on board this year, but I encourage you, please, if you're a motorcycle rider or know somebody who is, get a hold of us uh, Sunday, September 4th. We ride for Fisher House, Wisconsin, for veterans, military members, and their families, and it's the least we can do for them. So please, please come out and support us. Um, the uh, John says, I hate to be that guy, but all the brewers need to do is just get high. Baseball's about momentum. 
Uh, look at the Braves last year. They were on the verge of completely missing the playoffs, and look what happened. So I agree with that. Completely agree with that. Uh, baseball is about momentum. You can't, like I mentioned before, when it comes to the ability to have excuse me, to have energy. Baseball isn't about the ability to, like, probably momentum is the best way to put it, John. Um, you're, you're right. It's, 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 it's not an energy. You can't come out and, like in basketball and just give more effort and run harder and faster and because you just go out and stand in your position until the ball is hitting your direction. You can do something about it when it comes to smarts and the, uh, you know, approach when it comes to pitches and such as a hitter, but you're right. It's more about momentum than than anything else. You're 100% correct. Um, This is Jacob uh, who says, uh, the Big Ten going up to 16 teams once you get USC and UCLA, and the money is going to be plentiful for everybody. You bring in Notre Dame, it's even going to be more so, and then they're going to bring in one more team, and I would assume at that point that they call it quits. A conference of 18 teams will be huge. Uh, he says, do you think they keep it in two parts or do they split it into four parts? Well, Ben, from what we understand, they're not going to split it at all, right? Want, they they want to get rid of the divisions in the Big Ten, correct? That's where they're likely headed and more for the purpose. I talk about the playoff a lot, but that's all that it's about. The Pac-12 took away divisions because they weren't always getting the best two teams into that conference title game. So that's the purpose behind it. Once they get to 16 and 20 teams, I have no clue what they're going to do. They're going to have to do divisions, right? Because once you get a conference of 20, then you can't play regularly everybody else. But I don't know what the divisions will look like then. Yeah, you would assume you'd probably split it up. But um, unless, of course, you go to... Four division. Oh, God, I can't imagine this. The, like you know, four divisions of five. I you think, know, and then you win your division, and then you have your fourteen playoff. Or I, I don't know how you would do that. I think they just. Yeah, I, I think what you do is you take your top four teams out of your conference. Take just take the top four teams, and those four teams then have kind of a you know conference tiebreakers or something like that or a conference game or a conference championship if indeed you even do that and then and then you uh, would put them into a change I, I understand what the what the conference is trying to do because what they want is the best team out of each conference to go head to head with the other best team out of their conference for the championship for the to, to, to garner the pride of saying we've won the championship that's that's ultimately what they're going for you don't want a team that was say mid-tier but won their division that would be ranked 10th in your own conference but they won the division to play and possibly upset a team that would be say number one or number two and thus putting a lesser team into a into a championship and i understand what that's what they're trying to do well and most importantly when you make the college football playoff your conference gets a lot of money so if you have a conference that, champion right. or whatever that doesn't have the resume to make the playoff, then you're just losing out. So it's all about how many right. teams can we put in the playoff because it brings all the money back to us. Right, yeah. And again, we should always know it's always about the money. Without a doubt, it's always about the money. Uh, 877-867-1670, you can find us, hit us up. Coming up here in about a half an hour, Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be joining us. About an hour from now, Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal is going to be here um, 
a little bit later on as well, about an hour from now, as a matter of fact. This is from Bernard, who says, Bill Michaels, not going to lie, hanging the younger players like Rashawn Gary and Jair really stepping up into the leadership roles is really exciting. Have you heard any of the younger players on the offensive line specifically or special teams stepping up in those same kinds of light? They There's not a whole lot of guys that they're wildly praising as of yet, but when it comes to... Um, you're going to get more of it once they get into live action. Put it that way. Uh, yeah, there's guys that have, you know, obviously Romeo Dubs has, you know, opened a lot of eyes, and people are talking about him in camp. You know, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, they're getting their fair share of looks and nods. Uh, I, I can't argue with that. Um, you start to look at some of the guys depth-wise, defensively speaking, uh, nobody is, like, jumping off the page. But what you're going to start to get – once you see these guys in live action, uh, go back to a couple of years ago when Ty Summers played so incredibly well uh, at linebacker. He was sideline to sideline. He was all over the place. Now, granted, when he finally got the opportunity to be an everyday linebacker because of injury, it didn't really fill the bill. But you did recognize him as one of the better special teams gunners, one of the best, better special teams tacklers with aggressiveness so that you understood so i think you're going to start to see guys like that emerge you just don't see a ton of it because there is so much mix mix and match right now because right now what they're trying to do is specifically on the offensive line is move guys around and say who can and can't play left right who's got technique who's got athletic ability who's got good footwork who's got good speed who's got good strength with their hands out in front of them the arm length all that kind of stuff who's getting pushed around who's crossing their feet who's not that's all you're looking for right now once you get into game action and they move these guys around and what you've taught them then becomes evident on the field and whether or not they respect it they understand it they continue to execute it or they just revert back to bad habits. You can't break them of bad habits. They just don't seem to get it. They don't seem to have it. That's when you're going to start to find out who's excelling and who's not. Does that make sense? Because I, I, anytime I've talked to a coach coming out of training camp, you always, you always hear the same thing. Boy, this guy's got a lot of speed. This guy runs really well. This guy's really fast. And then you hear, eh, he doesn't have the best technique. He's really raw. Raw means he's got a ton of talent, but he's not realizing it. That's a hey, raw is a bad word. So when they say, yeah, he's got a lot of raw talent, raw can be meaning you got a ton of potential, dude. But if you don't, if you don't ever realize that potential, then it's a really ugly word. It's a bad word that's attached to you. It means you got a ton of talent, but you're just not, you're not finding it. You got great strength, but you don't have the ability to get leverage. You've got good speed, but you don't have good quickness. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things there to nosh on gonna go ahead and take a quick break stay tuned more of the bill michael show coming up after this covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network <laughs> live in sturgis south dakota it's the bill michael show Brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson. Look for the biggest, baddest party coming up Labor Day weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Go to WISHD.com for the entire lineup. WISHD.com. Glad to have you back. Welcome back to the program. So what uh, training camp news do we have, Ben? What, what's going on up at uh, Packers training camp that you've got some breaking news? 
So there's some notes here and there. None of it warrants the breaking news sounder. First of all, in a very lighthearted tone, Rich Bisaccia straps some gloves on. Yes. He is out there as the long snapper for whatever punt drills they're doing. So if I want to overreact to that, I think he is bringing the necessary grit. Plus, as you tweeted out, what was the saying he said or LaFleur said during the presser? Roll call. Roll call to the ball. Roll call to the ball. Oh, I love that. Roll call to the ball. That's what he's calling. Roll call to the ball. I like it. Basically, he wants uh, everybody by the ball. When uh, the ball carrier is in, uh, you know, when you're in pursuit of the ball carrier, it's roll call to the ball. Who's there? And he's uh, he's keeping track of who's being near the ball and, and how many points you get and all that kind of stuff. And and coaches do that. They start to show who the points leaders are for getting near the ball or who their blocks are. And it's kind of like when, you know, you see, uh, you know, uh, you know, like Buckeyes on the side of the helmet or, you know, the Tomahawks on oh. the side of the helmet for Florida State or what have you. You know, they, they give you points inside those locker rooms. It means something when you got roll call to the ball, man. Yeah, the Buckeyes on the helmet, whatever. Uh, yeah, so I love the Basaccia thing. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, block a nose tackle better than they did in the playoffs last season. Mason Crosby right. is out on the field kicking soccer balls. I don't know exactly what that does, but he's out there doing some work. So that's okay. noteworthy. Um, Rashawn Gary looks great. And the semi-breaking news bit, and I don't know how much news it is because it's all we've heard for the last two weeks. Romeo Dubs just absolutely cooked Rasul Douglas in the red zone caught a touchdown from Jordan Love and got a fist bump from Matt LaFleur. So the stock is continuing Romeo to Dubs rise. has just been fantastic. Now, I, I hope, knock on wood, that it all translates to the regular season. Um, but he has been fantastic in, in camp thus far. He has been a tremendous find. Uh, what you got to hope for, and I think if you're a Packers fan, you're all heading to a church on Sunday. But what you hope for is that when Christian Watson comes back, that he is the deal that they thought he was. Because if Christian Watson proves to be a formidable foe when it comes to receiving, then you really do have something. Then you've got two guys that, while technique might not be great, you got two guys with a huge amount of ability, a large glass ceiling of upside that, can probably come on rather quickly with the likes of Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard. And you start to go through that list, plus the the additional weapons they have, whether it's when Robert Tanyan comes back, Mercedes Lewis with possession catches, or the guys coming out of the backfield, uh, both Aaron Jones and, and also um, uh, God, God, his name escapes me, the mayor of uh, – I keep calling him the mayor of – Door County. AJ Dillon. I'm by his name anymore. AJ Dillon, thank you very much. Um, so, anyway, it, then they've got weaponry. It, and it's, it's huge that Romeo Dubs has played this well early on. So, at least it gives you confidence, I guess. Are you. And the fact that Aaron. Go ahead. Are you as excited for Friday's game against San Francisco as I am right now? Because there's no Rodgers and there isn't much controversy about, you know, a big position battle that's going to be settled. But I can't wait to watch Jordan Love, Romeo Dobbs, the young guys on defense, and even Zach Tom, what the O-line looks like when they get out there. I I, I am, but I, as much as I want to see those guys, I, this is the Jordan Love show. You know, so for what everybody else does, it's almost secondary because this begins the, the last gasp of Jordan Love. 
do you believe in him or do you not? And for all the praise that's been heaped upon him by the by those that are covering the team, and, and I trust their opinions, but I've never really seen it consistently. So I am anticipating Jordan Love to be exponentially better. Now, I'm not just talking about hitting a couple of passes. What I'm talking about is give me two or three or five passes that are into a tight window that you anticipated – where the running, where the, the 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 carrier, the you know the receiver would be, and you hit them. Don't give me guys running wide open. I mean that's great if you can lay it in their fingertips. That that's awesome. But what I'm anticipating is those throws. And if you give it to me with consistency, then I can say okay. Then his 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 the mental side of things is starting to to wake up, and the connection between his mind and his arm is becoming one, which is what you want. But I'm. Th- th- let's make no mistake about it. This is all figuring out whether or not Jordan Love actually has it or not. I, I to me anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, isn't that what you're? Isn't isn't that ultimately what we're all hoping for? Oh, that's to see what if he it, actually has it or not. And that's what it boils down to. I mean, maybe I'm a crazy person and I haven't watched football in too long, but I feel like entering this week and this preseason, maybe it's because the Rodgers thing is all resolved and there's no. Uh, craziness there. I'm just excited to watch them get out and play. I feel like we'll actually see stuff from the team this preseason, maybe compared right. to others. Yep. Uh, it's going to be different because, uh, well, uh, our postseason game, our postseason, uh, pr- you know, uh, our postgame shows begin for the first regular season game this year. So just an FYI for those that are listening on the network. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be watching it at a sports bar here in uh, in Sturgis, South Dakota. So I'm going to be hanging out watching the, the watching the uh, the Packers on the road in San Francisco. Closer to San Francisco, by the way, I think, than uh, to Milwaukee. But uh, nevertheless, going to be hanging out here, and I'll be one of those people that are be you know everybody else will be talking and having fun and drinking, and I'll be the guy that's you know watching everything intently. But uh, going to be hanging out here because we leave on Saturday or Sunday, depending on when we want to get out of here, as to when we want to come back. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got a lot more broadcasting. Don't forget, Wayne Larrabee, voice of the Green Bay Packers, coming up here in about 15 minutes, and we're broadcasting live out here in Sturgis, South Dakota. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders, 98% success rate in treating guys with ED. That's a 98% success rate. And all but guaranteeing the fact that they can help you out. They can't guarantee it because nothing's perfect, but they can come close. Doc Tim and the whole staff and doctor, the medical experts, by the way, they can help you. Uh, so it doesn't take anything but a phone call. 414-455-4451. Pick up the phone. doesn't matter what location it is. 414-455-4451. Now, if you're thinking, man, you're moody, you're sluggish, even in the heat, you're just tired, you're run down, you don't want to get out of bed, you don't have the same energy to get up and maybe go to the gym or do your regular workouts or, or just move and do your job, could be if you're over the age of 30, it could be low T, low testosterone. Highly recommend you giving them a call there. They can help you out with that as well and uh, and give you a little more energy, better rest at night, which then translates into more energy during the day. Or the all-in-one weight loss program, yes, it works. If you're sweating through the summer and you don't know why because you put on a few extra pounds, a little bit more difficult to get around, call them, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That is the New Mail Medical Center. Again, 414 414- 
455-4451. Wayne Larrabee, about 15 minutes away. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Sturgis coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will practice in pads getting ready for Friday night's road game against the San Francisco 49ers. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur asked if Jordan Love will start at quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he will. Rookie receiver Romeo Dobbs says he's looking forward to his first NFL game. Does he feel in sync with Jordan Love? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really in sync with Jordan. Um, You know, it's the first preseason game. You know, I'm excited as well as all the other rookie receivers. It's Samori. It'll be an, it'll be exciting, man. I can't wait for it. The Packers' third string quarterback is Danny Etling, who played for the LSU Tigers, spent some time with the Patriots and Falcons. Does he know how much playing time he'll get Friday night against the 49ers? I'm not sure yet. I've been taking day by day, so focusing on the next practice and uh, getting ready for those opportunities in the game. But you know, for now, I'm focused on getting you know this film corrected and then having a good day tomorrow and then continuing to grow as camp goes. The Packers posted their first depth chart with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins still out. Their starting offensive tackles for now are Yash Nyman and second-year man Royce Newman. Matt LaFleur. We haven't even played a preseason game yet, so I think you could argue every position up front is open for battle. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. South Dakota, we are live from Happy Hoyle Campground, right next to the Full Throttle, loving life. You're watching over on the Bud Light live stream, motorcycles flying in and out of this place, and it is coming to life as the day continues on. Hot today, hot. And if you are here, if you're listening to us, uh, by the way, we've had a lot of people from Wisconsin, the surrounding areas, Illinois, Minnesota, people from uh, Michigan, Iowa that listen to the program. Uh, that have all come by and said hello, and we certainly appreciate it. I want to say hi to Margaret and Steve, who uh, are both from uh, from Sioux, Sioux, Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, and uh, in that area. But they're Packers fans, and they wanted to come by and say hello. I want to say hi to John. John came by a little while ago, and he listens to us down in Whitewater. Also, uh, Anthony says hi to us as well. Uh, so I want to say hi to everybody. Hey, if you're out here and you're out and about, and you're hanging out. Uh, there's a great place downtown, Big Al Swap Shop. And inside that place, they've got some amazing stuff from Sound Art USA. My buddy Steve Ventry and that whole staff, they take care of you. Great canvas prints and sound and quality and such. And also across the street is the Stinger Bar and Jawbone and Art and everybody over there are great people. I, it, you go in and mention our name, and uh, you'll, you'll get something. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's a beer. Who knows? But go in and mention our name. Great people over there at both places. Good, good stuff. We go now north to Green Bay. Our good buddy Mike Clemens on the ground up there at uh, Packers training camp. Mike, oh, how you doing, pal? Good. Scrimmage, 11 on 11, still going on right now. Now Danny Etling, the QB3, is running the offense, and they're trying to get through the, the playbook and maybe some of the plays that they'll be called on uh, Friday night out in California against the 49ers. So uh, one of the questions that I had earlier, Mike, that was asked to me, and I'll ask it to you, other than obviously Romeo Dubs, who's been so good and has made so many plays and opened so many eyes, of the young guys in camp, who's kind of stood out to you, if anybody? 
Well, yeah, I talked about the Zach Tom kid on the offensive line because um, when you look at the wide receiver group, they got a lot of choices. They lost this huge guy in Devontae Adams, but they've got to get an offensive line together. And so Zach Tom, a fourth-round pick out of Wake Forest, by day two, I couldn't believe how good his footwork was. They were not only running him at right tackle but at left tackle, and he was doing pretty good against Rashawn Gary. Problem is he's a little bit undersized at 6'4". So I think that maybe they tried to put a little scare into Royce Newman. They were also trying Cole Van Lannan. But last night they put out a depth chart, and yesterday morning's practice in the rain, Bill, they had a little bit of a different lineup on the offensive line. I thought, yeah, see, at the end of the day, NFL coaches go with experience. So Zach Tom drops back to the number two offense, and right now the starting offense, if they had to play the Vikings this weekend as opposed to September 11th, it would be uh, Yash Nyman, a left tackle. It would be John Runyon, a left guard. Josh Myers, of course, at center. And they moved Jake Hansen from backup center to right guard. That was a key move. And Royce Newman goes from right guard last year out to right tackle. And I think that that's the first-team offensive line to beat between now and Vikings and whenever they get Bakhtiari or maybe late, later Elton Jenkins back for the two tackles. That was going to be my next question. I know Bakhtiari's been working out on the sidelines and such. Is there any indication that he's any closer to being ready to go or at least to getting involved in training camp? None. I talked to him yesterday briefly, just kind of hanging out. Um, but, you know, you just can't tell from the mild workouts that he's doing as opposed to, you know, a year ago at this time, like I said, he would be out here with a harness six months after the injury and pulling and doing all kinds of you know, strenuous exercising, and we know how that turned out. Uh, he's just doing mild get-off-his-stance kinds of things, and whatever they do otherwise to conditioning him and, and to testing him, that's behind closed doors. So, I mean, maybe he could be ready in September or October. Maybe it's longer than that. You know, it's between him and the trainers right now. I was just going to say, is this now gone from concerning to, like, really alarming? Well, it was really alarming when he talked about how bad it was before he had the third surgery this spring in the drain. So, um, you know, until you see him put some pads on and them testing, because, you know, Bill, that's what, again, this is something else they did last season. They would test him for a day or two, and he would participate in half a practice. But then the thing would swell up, as we learned later, and, he, you know, he'd have to set out for another two weeks before he touched the field. So they're keeping it close to the vest. Um He's trying to keep, you know, a positive attitude. Um, but, you know, he ain't talking officially to the media. So it's, you know, it's wait and see. Hey, real quick before I let you go, Rich Bisaccia throwing the uh, long snapper gloves on today and uh, throwing a few. Is he just uh, a guy with his, as they say, hair on fire trying to rally the troops for a better special teams unit? Do you know any long snappers, Bill? Because uh, I think he might be in the market for one. I think really? Okay. Fire. Yeah, I think he's sick and tired of the Stephen Wirtel kid. He was the one that was on the infamous block punt against the 49ers. They've got another kid out here that they're trying out, and they don't like the consistency. Or, or Pat O'Donnell, the punter, is complaining about it as well. But, you know, at one point the, the special teams coordinator said, this is what I want, and put on the gloves and started snapping between his legs. So, yeah, we're down to that. Wow. 
So when Stephen Wirtel and Jack Coco can't get the job done, and those are the only two long snappers you have in the squad, you start to scratch your head and go, what the hell? Man, oh, no, man. Could, Mike, great I stuff could, as always, buddy. Thank you, Bill. See you, pal. There you go. That is, uh, that's Mike Clemens. I should have let him get his last thought in there real quick. I know we're up against it, but Stephen Wirtel not getting it done and not uh, drawing praise from one Rich Basaccia. Jack Coco, the other guy, stepping in. They're scratching their heads on long snappers. Hasn't necessarily been great when it comes to special teams in the recent history for the Green Bay Packers, as we all know. And it all starts with that guy. And even as, as, as you know, he just said, Pat O'Donnell, the placeholders complaining about it to a certain extent. Oh, man. Stay tuned. Coming up, Wayne Larrabee, voice of the Green Bay Packers, next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.